Welcome to the podcast and the church city. My name is Dr. Monique Smith Gadsden, also known as Dr. Mo, a Christian licensed professional counselor specializing in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health for individuals and churches. We aim to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Quite simply, we help the church help the people. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. So thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to have you to join us for our conversation on today. I would like to take time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. For those of you who have subscribed and shared, I am so appreciative of your support and your encouragement. So please continue to support our work here. Continue to share and um, encourage others to subscribe to the podcast. And if you are so inclined to do so, please leave a review and give us a rating, which I hope would be five stars. But again, I just want to take time to thank you so much for your support. It does mean so much to us with the work that we are doing through the podcast. Today, I'll be discussing lingering in limitations and living. So if you have been listening to the last few episodes, I've talked pretty extensively about lamenting and our need to linger there. I have offered spaces for people to lament, and I have offered them the opportunity to linger in lamentation. What I want to make sure is understood is that I'm not suggesting that lingering in lamentations doesn't mean we live there, but we linger in lamentations and live. So what's the difference? When I conduct grief support groups or grief counseling, I hear more often than not, upon my mentioning the need to lament, to make space for grief in their lives, that they wish they could stop the world and get off for a minute, but the world continues to move and life goes on. And this is very true. And I have to inform that I'm not saying to do, that I am saying to do both and, not either or. Yes, there is a way to live while yet lingering in lamentations. I've already spoken about the need to linger in lamentations and why we have to be careful of implementing the bypass which is the circumventing of our emotions. It is so easy for us to say, okay, that's enough crying. No more tears. It's time for me to move beyond this. And I'm not suggesting that there are not times that this can be expressed and it can be true. However, I'm advocating for the ones who feel the emotional and psychological processes are to be avoided or not fully realized or done at all. Right when the pandemic was upon us, my first plea was for the families and the children of abuse and domestic violence. I'm like, oh God, 
there is now no reprieve by going to school or going to work um, if one could work for home, from home. My second plea was for the marital distress that would be intensified because the issues that people ignore or deny or bypass or intellectualize or rationalize would have no form of busyness to cover it up. Here now, we will be faced with the issues and the feelings that we've been seeking to avoid until there is nowhere to run. There is no extracurricular activities to cart the kids off to, and there is no two-hour commute, and there are no hair salons or nail salons or barbershops or golf courses or movie theaters or concerts to go to avoid those issues. So here we are, face-to-face -face with our stuff. And there is only so much room to sweep dirt under the rug. The emotional wastelands will overflow. There's only so much capacity. A quart-sized container cannot hold a gallon-sized anything. There will be overflow, spillage. And this is where emotional deadness can seep in. People or family members will lack awareness of their feelings because we don't create space to name and acknowledge and to deal with our emotions. And according to theorist Murray Bowen, our emotional processes can be one of the following. Emotional reactivity, where our feelings overwhelm our thinking. Emotional cutoff and avoidance due to unresolved emotional attachment. Fusion, where we merge both our intellectual and our emotional functions, preventing us from having a clear sense of self and others. I've talked about how our ancestors were forced into silence and not able to deal with the pain and the horror and the fear and the rage and the depression, but yet they lived. And yes, they would lament at times through singing spirituals or praying or going to church, but I think it is safe to assume enough space was not given to lament. There was no lingering. There was no time to do so. So these emotional patterns oftentimes recur um, and operate in families for years. So I want for us to be able to differentiate ourselves from unhealthy patterns of emotional processes. Whether it is due to the effects of racial or developmental or generational trauma, we can yet live while we linger in lamentations. And what I want us to consider is just as much as we say to ourselves, I'm taking a day off work today, I'm going to rest. Or sometimes I hear, I'm taking a mental health day. All I'm asking for us to consider is to not forget to make space for what we are feeling. 
when I lead a movement to resist through lamentations, I am not saying we do this to the exclusion of everything else. What I am saying is that you take time during your day, you take time during your living to care for yourself emotionally, not just physically, not just mentally, but also emotionally. And when we think we are taking time to jog and to release endorphins that boost serotonin and other neurotransmitters that elevate our mood, this is all we need to do. If we're thinking that this is all we need to do, this is a misunderstanding. If I'm told to lose weight, I'm going to probably need to not only exercise, but I need to also consider changing some of my food choices or my portion sizes. To care for oneself emotionally, it involves us naming what we feel. And that's hard for quite a, a few of us when we've not been taught to identify our feelings. We've not been given space. We've not been taught how to express and how to manage them. And that's where we start our journey toward emotional freedom. We name what it is that we are feeling. And we linger long enough to allow ourselves time to deal emotionally. And we resist the urge to circumvent the difficult but necessary work of emotional process. I want to share with you from Exodus 1 um, verse 11 that reads, so the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramesses as supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. Exodus 2, 23 through 24, after a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. And they cried out and their help, their cry for help because of the, of the difficult labor ascended to God. And God heard their groaning. Exodus 3, verses 7 and 8. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. And I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their suffering. And I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God heard their cries. Are you crying out? Situations might not change immediately. It might take years or generations. But the point is, while we are living, whether in oppression or in the spacious land, 
Are you exercising the limitations while yet living and voting and striving for change? Do you go home and say, I'm tired? While you're yet living and driving to work or school or running errands, are you coming home and creating space to linger in lamentation? Saying that today I was anxious when I saw that police car on the side of the road and wondered if I would be pulled over. So while we're yet living, are we expressing our fears and our concerns while in the midst of a pandemic and we are faced with workplaces and places of worship contemplating opening up again? Are we lingering in our lamentations and living? It's apparent the Israelites were living. The Bible teaches us that they were multiplying so quickly um, and and they were dreaded for this it's apparent it had to be living to multiply and to spread so by no means am i suggesting that we live a life of oppression that we live a life of depression that we live a life of sadness that we live a life of defeat. But what I am saying is that while we are living, whether it is in oppression or in the spacious land that is flowing with milk and honey, are we lingering in lamentations? Are we just opening up space to express our emotions crying out to God, learning how to express and manage our emotions. As I've already stated, unresolved emotions and trapped traumas in our beings create havoc in other areas of our being. My suggestion my resistance is to engage us in the process toward emotional freedom, to express those cries, those wills from within, recognizing that for one, it's cathartic and that is beneficial and healthy to our being a release of pent-up emotion. Secondly, God hears. There is something that God does while we dwell in oppression. I wish I had an answer. I wish it wouldn't take so long. But there is something that is happening in the time of oppression. We're yet living. I'm also suggesting that we linger in lamentation. While we live, make sure we lament, not live a life of lament. Live and create space 
to lament. Live and create space to rid ourselves of toxic emotions. Live and recognize that there is something happening in this fellowship of the suffering. Live and linger in limitations. Not live a life of limitation, but live and lament. So yes, live, vote, protest, change, educate, become engaged, get married, build homes, build businesses, have children, live. But as we live, as we also experience um, events and occasions in our lives that do bring us joy, whether oppressed or whether in this spacious land, we also have to remember many are going to be the afflictions of the righteous. We need to create space to express how the affliction feels and how to be able to manage those afflictions well. So we are lingering in limitations and living. Until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, what will be your response? And the church said.